What's up, everybody? Whoa, 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 Wait. whoa. What? You lost the privilege of doing that. <laughs> you lost I the privilege. I can't welcome. I, I take this now. I can't welcome I people this. to this. No, no, you can't, you can't welcome. You go sit in the corner and <laughs> lick your wounds, man. <laughs> man, I got beat uh, up. Hey, uh, it's a Zero Chance podcast. I am your main host, <laughs> oh, Rick Romero, RJ's pro. And I am joined by the guy who died, <laughs> but has risen again, oh, Brady Phelps, Lob Shots. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's so great to have you here <laughs> on the podcast. My goodness. You didn't tell me you were going to uh, trump me on that just now. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Rick, for that kind introduction. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that I have risen. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's been a wild week not gonna lie yeah it's been pretty I mean, crazy kind huh? of amazing that we were able to record a pod right when machado signed i mean right after machado signed yeah and that was incredible um at the end i said some things that were uh posted later on twitter um despite me telling you to delete them <laughs> you ignored that part <laughs> uh, and uh that part was actually in the podcast i know too, it's right? like you it's should like delete that and i was like no seriously you should have deleted it uh <laughs> what's so here, let's we just were so excited to get it posted and like yeah yeah like, that's, no it's fine you know i'm not holding out against you it's fine yeah. i said it it's real i'm not i would never like that's not our thing like we don't go through and edit this podcast like no and this is you know it's the blessing and the curse of having a podcast is that you're just you're with your buddy you're spitfiring you're excited you say things you get worked up about things yeah and and then some sometimes things uh, come out the wrong way. Sometimes you just flat out say idiotic things. Sometimes you say things that maybe aren't that idiotic, but are taken completely out of context. And you just never know how people are going to respond to them. So uh, somewhere in the middle there is where my comments fell. Um, I I think we should just let's just get it out of the way now. Yeah, let's, Address let's the jump elephant right in the room. This. Yes. So you know, made some comments at the end of the podcast, which basically said like. Um, Hey, if you're an a-hole on Twitter, that's how I think I led, which, by the way, if you are if you thought I was talking to you, then that means you're admitting you were an a-hole on Twitter, but whatever. Um, you know, if you're an a-hole on Twitter and all you've been doing is talking trash about AJ Preller and ownership, you should s- say you're sorry, you should send him a thank you note, and then, of course, jokingly, you should send him a box of C's candy, which everybody, of course... I don't know if they took that literally or yeah. uh, just didn't appreciate the hyperbole there. Um, and then I said, if you think you had anything to do with the signing, you're an idiot um, with the signing of Manny Machado. I listened to my own when it was isolated, just stripped out of context from what I said before and what I said after. I listened to the isolated clip that was put on Twitter. And I you know, I did sound like kind of a D-bag. Um, and that I didn't like that at all. Um, but yeah, so I could see how there it was mis- it was uh, misconstrued and perceived uh, poorly. So here's the story behind it. Um, I had seen the tweet that um, I-, I will not name who- where the tweet came from. I will. Should I just throw the person who showed me the tweet under the bus? No, nah, I won't do that either. Anyway, someone showed me a tweet and I just got immediately fired up and basically taking credit <laughs> for the signing of Machado. And I this one isolated tweet. I saw and was like, you got to be kidding me. You're taking credit for this. You are an idiot, you know, Um, because, you know, the thought of uh, signing a $300 million contract and looking down at a tweet and being like, oh, what is, you know, what is this guy going to say about me on Twitter if we don't do this? You know, that's asinine, of course. 
Um, and I don't think anybody really believed that's what I was. Um, I don't. Well, I don't think anybody actually believes that. Like, oh, because of my tweet, you know, it was the greater. Um, I, I think the way that it was perceived, and you tell me, Rick, what you think. Um, I think the way that it was perceived is is I was suggesting that if you have ever been critical of Padres ownership or AJ Preller, um, then you are an idiot, and you do not deserve any credit for this signing. Um, that's the way that I think people took it, and that's why people got so riled up. Um, and that's certainly not what I meant. I mean, I have been critical of a lot of people said, oh, you know, this is the guy who used to be on Padres Social Hour. Of course, he's going to tow the company line, whatever, you know, some variation of that. And, um, you know, like I, I, I certainly, you know, I don't have all the clips in front of me or something, but like I would critique the Padres all the time on their own TV show all the time. And we do it on this podcast all the time. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think we're not a-holes when we do it. I think some people who critique them are a-holes. You know, like they probably, they, they, they say it and do it in a way that I don't think is um, productive. Uh, and that, that's not for everybody. That's a, maybe a, a handful of people. Um, you know, some people just, I don't think, take a great approach. I'd like to think that our approach is, is, is better, a little more civil. But it doesn't mean we're not critical. We are. Yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting because after we recorded our podcast, uh, we didn't know that there was going to be a little get together here at Alesmith. This is where we are again. We're at. We returned to the scene of the crime scene of here. The crime. Um, I found a white uh, <laughs> chalk lining in my body up here. Whatever. Here lies Brady Fowles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started like to talk to some of the people down there that were at the little get together, and I I had even mentioned that. This is before, obviously, all the Twitter outrage. Um, uh, but I was saying how, you know, uh, I, I view, like, myself. Um, I, I always – I try to be nice and respectful. Um, there's many, many times that I haven't agreed with what the Padres have done. And I will, I will say it. I, I, I speak my mind all the time. I don't, like, just sit there and, like, hide away, like, be like, oh, like, no, I'm not going to say anything yeah, negative about not. them. Yeah. I say it, but I say it respectfully, and yeah. and and that's my thing. Um, and th you know what? That's not everybody's thing. Yes. And See, I'm and, and we and you know what's funny is we even said again our classic line. We always say we're not here to tell anybody how to fan. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I went into my rant. But of course that was cut off. Yeah. Of the part right before, you know, in in the in the clip. But I'm guessing that's what you're about to say is that we're yes. not, you know we're, just because we decide to uh, take that approach of trying to be respectful or maybe. But but too like I I think that's kind of like. Like my conversation with them down there, it wasn't related to like what you said. Cause I, I honestly, like I, that was, I didn't even think about that at all. But like, like you said, we don't tell people how to fan. Yeah, you're right. There was a lot of, so when I put out the, you know, my, my apology, basically when, when Preller, I mean, you, I was very shocked to hear him mention Padres Twitter in the actual press conference, and I thought I, I genuinely thought it was awesome. I and mean, I also thought, okay, well now I, I have no choice but to be like, okay, you know, regardless of what I intended my comments to be, yeah. it was my fault that I did not specify what I was referring to because yeah. I do not believe I would have gotten an ounce of backlash if I had specified. The tweet, which I'm not even going to mention because I don't, yeah. it's not important. You actually showed me that tweet before, yeah. and we all kind of laughed. We're like, <laughs> like, could you That's be funny. dumber? Yeah. And, and I, if I had made, if I had done the due diligence to, to allude to exactly what I was speaking to, no backlash. 
but I didn't. And so I owned that. And I also owned the perception, even though that's not what I meant. I certainly never meant that if you have ever had a voice or if you've ever um, said something about Pottery's ownership um, and now you think that you had something to do with this signing, you're an idiot. Um, that's not at all what I meant. And But that was the perception, clearly. I mean, there were people that I actually know that were, like, talking trash to me and that know who I am, know my character, know... And, and instead of reaching out to me individually and saying, like, hey, man, what was this all about? Um, they just took to, uh, you know, attacking me on Twitter. Yeah. And, and there was some mob mentality going on there and some pitchforks were out and it was like, come get Brady. And I, I, so here's a few things that I learned. First of all, own it. And I did. You did. Yeah. I owned it. And then um, never let isolated incidents lead to you speaking in absolutes about things. That's another thing that I learned. Um, three, context matters. Context is very important. And two things. One, my, my, my comment was pulled out of context from the, the context of the podcast. And two, I didn't provide any context. So I'm at fault there. Um, I think something else we learned is that fans absolutely have a voice. We as fans, we as people, we as humans have a voice. The second we let anyone tell us that we as individuals don't have a voice, whether it's a fan of a sports team, whether it's politics, whether it's your own workplace, whether it's your own family, you have a voice. And if you believe that your voice is not heard, that, that's when hope is like lost and stripped away. And I would never want to um, have people think that their voice is not valuable and, and shouldn't be heard. And that's something that I learned from this because uh, in that small clip, it absolutely sounded like I was saying, you do not have a voice. The people with a checkbook do. Shut up. And that's not what I was saying, but that's what it sounded like. And so I'm owning that. Um, being a keyboard warrior is no way to go through life. Attacking people and uh, saying mean things. Um, I hesitated to even put an apology out because I didn't want uh, people who were saying some pretty mean things to feel like, ha we got them. We got them to turn. Um, because it wasn't because of the mean things that were being said to me. It was because I realized that what I said was um, it came across not the way that I intended. And I felt the need to apologize for that. And I think that that was the right thing to do. Um, I know that we talked about never speaking in absolutes. Never. Which yeah. is absolute. Was, wasn't that absolutes. like episode one? Like where we first <laughs> yeah. started talking yeah. about that? Don't speak in absolutes yeah. and don't tell people how to fan. Our yeah. two core values and they both bit me in the ass this time. <laughs> Um, but never speaking absolutes, positivity will always reign over negativity, always. And I don't, I find myself, one, I find myself name calling, I find myself slipping into negativity, and it's just, it's not the way that I want to be as a person. I can't tell other people how to be as a person, it's not the way that I want to be, and I believe that positivity will always win. Um, and then... But you call Gavin and I idiots all the time. You are an idiot. You're excluded. There's, that's why we don't talk about absolute. Gavin's a bigger idiot than you. No. Um, I love you both. So, and, and you know what? To, to really get to the, the core of what I was saying is not like, hey, if you've ever been critical of the team, you're an idiot. It's really just, I, I think I just was, um, I, I just was so happy. And I just really was so thrilled with AJ Preller. Like he convinced ownership, he convinced Fowler. Uh, I just was, I don't know, I was just proud to like that, cause I felt like I have been supportive of him and his efforts. And even when he swung for the fences in 2015, got us all excited and then ended up striking out. 
he used that as a catalyst to rebuild and to figure out a new strategy. And like, he just like, if he gets knocked down, he gets back up. And I, um, I just really appreciated his ability to get this done, even though he didn't write the check, but he did persuade Fowler and Seidler and the ownership team to write that check. And so I just, you know, a lot of praise go to him. Um, and then, you know, some things that are on the bright side from this, like people are obviously listening to the zero chance pod. Um, yeah. Thanks for those record numbers, by the way, Brady. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and that's not this is not what we like this is not like a, a paradigm shift in the way that we run our um our, our podcast it's like you know i remember in the early days of lob shots did we just um, have a heel turn on the podcast here like <laughs> like we were the old like fatherly figures yeah on now Twitter. we're like, like yeah all of a sudden we just took insult a, everyone we no. just took a steel chair to all the uh, other podcasts out i did there. feel a little bit like a heel uh <laughs> i'm not gonna lie I, but no uh, we're not. We're still just the good <laughs> fatherly figure. <laughs> um, but it is cool that fans are uh, are fa- fans, meaning Padre fans, not fans of the podcast, like Padre fans, or just you know maybe friends of ours. People are listening to the Zero Chance Pod, and that's cool. Um, but to the Padres, they clearly are listening to fans. Um, our voices are heard, and that's important. Um, and so that I think is true. And then in the end. I mean, Manny Machado's a Padre, man. This yeah. is like, I'm still in cloud nine about it. Plus, our voices brought back the brown uniforms, too. Our collective voices. Our colle- not you and I. Yes. Our, our collective entire, Padres, yes, Padres yes, fan base. Yes. Yeah. We did. And, 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 I, and so, it's actually, I mean, gosh, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells now with everything <laughs> I say because it's going to get, you know, the, if you hear a clip of this podcast... Yeah. And, and, and you didn't listen to the whole thing, just know that it's false. You know, um, it's taken gonna, out of context. I'm going to cut up something where it's going to be like, my name's Brady. I poop my pants. <laughs> <laughs> be like, did you hear what he said? He poops his pants. What a loser. <laughs> um, but I do believe our, our voices are heard. Uh, I do believe it's important to, um, as a community, kind of rally together instead of be divisive. And, and so, you know, what I, I don't even remember. Now I don't remember what I was going to say that was about to be, you know, that I was walking on eggshells about, but well, so like, here's the thing. Like you mentioned like the whole like mob mentality thing. And I, I see it on Twitter a lot and to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I've ever joined in on stuff like that. Um, you and I, we've talked about it like with, uh, I when, have, dude. When you went in hard on hacksaw, yep. man. And yep. I, I would send you some texts. And I'd be like, he's just a crazy old man, man. Like just, just, just ease up on him. Um, yeah, you know what? And I, I will tell you this. I, I feel like um, I am – well, you know what? Let me, let me just take a step back before we get into the hacksaw thing because you're right. You would there were the, Not only you, but I like Judson would do that to me as well. He'd be like, Brady, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, leave the old guy alone. Like, why are you attacking hacksaw? And I was I – don't, I don't know why. I just felt this, like, I needed – I don't know what the need was that I felt to, like, go after him for lying or, you know, like – I mean – I, I mean the the title of the blog I wrote was Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, liar or moron, both. Like it's so mean. It's so mean, and uh, you know, I then went on to prove that I was correct in a very long blog post. But it's so jacked up, and and I I did eventually come to this realization that like what am I doing? You know, like leave him alone. And it was fun in games when he had a job and he was doing great, but then. In 2014, he didn't have a job, and he wasn't doing great, and he was scraping by, and and not. I I would hope that I mean Lee was a he was a legend in sports radio, 
And I would hope that over those years of like the height and pinnacle of the market, he was able to get a huge nest egg and he's just laughing all the way to the bank. That, that's my hope. Um, but I got to a point where I really felt bad. And you, Judd, you know, a few guys um, did like kind of call me out because I'm used to being the guy who's the voice of reason to other people. I'm used to being the guy that says like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, let's think this through. And for some reason, he just got into my skin to the point where I like it was uncontrollable. <laughs> and I'm not proud of it. Same yeah. thing, like I said, like name calling, positivity over negativity. Like I, we do things that we don't realize we're doing, and then we're you know, and then we just feel bad about it. And and so, um, generally in life, and I know this, I sure hope this doesn't come across as some sort of like egotistical arrogance or something. But you know, I feel like I'm a fair person. I feel like I'm. Um, fairly likable. Um, I try to never be, um, you know, divisive and try to have empathy and try to care for people. You know, like I have spent a, a large portion of my life doing what I feel like I can to better not only the people around me, but like the world around me. And um, when when I said that thing and then it got out on Twitter and then the, the people came after me, the Padres Twitter attacked. Um, yeah, and maybe attacks is a strong word, but um, some people it was just like what 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 are you doing you know and then other people said a lot meaner things but um, it, it actually it it like it hurt it genuinely like I was I'm just used to being pretty well liked and it was a place I'm not used to being in and I really disliked it <laughs> um, I I didn't like how it like I I hated how much that it, it actually um, it bothered me so it's a reiteration that our voices are heard right because we're all people we all have feelings but I also worry about maybe what if someone who didn't maybe have my self-confidence or self-worth or maybe was has struggled with, you know, depression or struggled with um, fill in the blank. You know, if, if that person had said something like that and then everyone attacked them, yeah. you know, how would they have handled it? Yeah. And and this isn't like, a, oh, praise me for how I handled it. It's just, a you know, I'm just thankful that I had thick enough skin where I could, you know, kind of see see the sunlight through the weeds you know it'd be like yeah. okay I'm, I'm gonna come out of this on you know it's gonna be okay um and you know there are people who still probably they you know they don't follow me on twitter they never will they don't listen to this podcast they never will and or maybe they do to hate listen i don't know they don't like me and yeah. they never will and and that's something that we as people have to accept there are going to be people who uh you know don't like us for whatever reason and and you know what if if the way that clearly the, the Padres Twitter community, some of, re received that comment that I said. And if they really did feel like I was attacking them and calling them a-holes and jerks and idiots, um, I could see how they would never like me. You know, that certainly wasn't what I was saying. But if that's how they felt it, and they're not going to listen to this, so they, they probably won't, won't know that there was maybe something else going on there. Um, then, you know, that's so be it. You know, like we can't make everybody everybody love us it's just not the oh, way yeah. the world works exactly like it's see that's the thing too I, I mean if you like us that's great it's great but if you don't like us that's fine too you, you have that choice like you don't have to listen to our podcast or follow us on twitter or social media or anything yeah. it's, it's fine like yeah and i realized when i when i when that came out i mean my, i only did a few responses but as i go back and read them now i mean they're like they're not it's nothing I'm proud of, you know, it's nothing, I'm just like, cause there are people who I genuinely didn't know, like, who are you? You know, like what, how, 
really? You know, like, I, I would, I was getting frustrated um, because I'm like, who are these people are coming out of the woodwork and attacking me? Yeah. And like, and I, and I'm like, what? And when you say, who are you? It's not that you're like saying, well, who are you? You're a nobody. You're saying, no, this like, is not like a, do I didn't, you know who I am? Like, yeah. I genuinely, like when you don't, uh, you didn't know who they were. I really yeah. don't like, you know, I don't, there, your, your avatar isn't you. Your name isn't you. Your handle may or may not be you. Like, I don't. Uh, any one of those equations, I'm like, I don't. Maybe it was AJ Preller's burn account that was roasting you. <laughs> I would think that he would. <laughs> he might have been the one guy who was like, actually, that sounded like a pretty rational argument to me. <laughs> he was like the one guy that's like, go, uh, go, lob shots. <laughs> yeah, AJ Preller doesn't follow yeah. my Twitter. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he follows you and Denny's. Those are like the only two <laughs> two no, accounts that he Cracker follows. Barrel. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Cracker uh, Barrel. Cracker Billow, Fernando Tatis, Denny's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Rick. Um, am I going to get beat up for anything I just said over the past however many minutes? <laughs> um, I don't think there was anything in there. Uh, I, I, it is weird to feel like we're – I do feel like I'm walking on eggshells a bit, and we never have felt like that. Yeah. And – yeah. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. That are out there listening. Seriously, if you're listening yeah. right now, whether it's hate listening <laughs> because you're mad at us or um, or not, I really it does it means a lot. It means a lot to me that anybody cares what we have to say. It's it, yeah, I think it's 100%. a cool thing, and um, and I I just would encourage everyone to uh, in the same way that I try to encourage myself and my kids, um, you know, just be kind to people. Positivity is better than negativity, and and um, Whenever you feel like name calling is the way to go, maybe rethink that. Yeah. Um, at, at least, at least that's what I do, uh, and and it doesn't always work, and I need it to. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you did a good job. I I think you licked your wounds. I think you uh, owned up to it, uh, even though it was taken a little out of context. Yeah, but I don't want to make excuses. And I just want to own it. Yeah. And I maybe 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 that's the argument is that what I just said. What I feel like was just explaining why it happened in the first place. It might come off as like you're just making excuses when what I'm really doing is just explaining the way that my mind works. Now, if you think I'm a liar and you think I'm a bad person and you think that I made all that up, well, then you're entitled to feel that way. Um, That's a pretty elaborate made up plan, but, you know, maybe maybe you do feel that way. But uh, whatever. Let's get into. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's get into current other stuff. What? What? I am the captain now. <laughs> I take the reins here. Uh, <laughs> hey, okay. so uh, let, let's get into it. Uh, the the season, the so season started. The season meeting spring training. Spring training. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So two things. One, I want you're going to spring training. I'm going to spring training. So I want to get Next into week. that. You saw today. Did you see? You probably didn't watch the game. I didn't get to watch the game, but did you see the highlights of Paddock pitching? He looked good. Holy crap! He looked good. Did you see that curveball that dropped in for a strike? He looked good. I. I, I, who it's not pitching ninja. There was some other pitching something pitching line. Or there was some other guy who was throwing up like kind of clips of uh, Paddock's pitches, and man, he looked sharp. Yeah. Um, it's anytime you can get a guy who's kind of like I hate to use the word swag, but the swag off the field, and it actually carries on to the field, and it's equally awesome. Yeah, he had the he had the the flow. He had the, the flow, stirrups. The cowboy hat. 
Like, yeah. It, he didn't have the cowboy hat on the mound. Got it. Got it. No, that's where you were going. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, his stirrups had the, the, the circular rings around yeah. the top. I mean, those yeah. were dope. It was legit. Yeah. I was – it was really fun to watch him. And did you did you hear um, Hedges' comments after the game? He uh, – I saw Dennis Lynn uh, tweeted this out where he said uh, – I'm probably not allowed to say what I want to say because it would be too persuasive of what I would like to see on March 28th, which is opening day. Yeah. It was the easiest game to catch of all time. Yeah. I mean, what an insane compliment to give to him. And, you know, maybe a slightly backhanded insult to every other pitcher <laughs> he's ever thrown or ever thrown to him. I heard, um, I heard Paddock shook him off one time and gave up a hit. Are you being serious? No, 100%. I thought you were yeah, like, I, and then he got punched in the nuts in the dugout. <laughs> like I did when I first got here. <laughs> you did get punched in the nuts by your backpack. And I was like, you deserved it. You're half an hour late. I didn't even call you out. Because yeah. I was licking my wounds, yeah. normally I'd be like, yeah. everybody, let's talk about how Rick was 30 yeah. minutes late. But instead, I just you got hit in the nuts, and I felt like you deserved it, and I left it alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah so Paddock painful. looked super sharp. Hedges saying that about him was pretty amazing um tatis came up to the plate and hit an absolute laser yeah in left center center left like th we're peeking into the future of the padres right here it is like it's an impressive is padres lineup. twitter gonna riot if tatis is not on the opening day lineup or are they gonna be able to recognize okay maybe there's a bigger plan here with con i'm not trying to like listen it's not being condescending it's just yeah. most fans kind of understand especially people who are listening to this podcast you're obviously not a casual fan you're probably a little more hardcore but um you know i'm guessing people will be okay with keeping him down to get more control but then maybe people are also okay with him on the starting lineup because they just want to see greatness i don't know what do you think um Oscar, who used to write at Padres Public, he, he actually had a, a really funny tweet. He always has funny tweets. But he, he posted a tweet earlier today, and it said, Me, service time manipulation by MLB clubs is absurd and only hurts the team. Also me, Fernando Tatis Jr. needs to exa needs exactly three weeks in the minors for a uh, reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it's an argument, obviously. Is that what it is, though? Is that is it three weeks? I didn't do the yeah, research. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably around there, yeah. I'd like to point out that although I do feel like we prepare for the podcast, when it comes to, like, researching numbers and stuff, that's just not our thing. Yeah. So me knowing whether it's three weeks or three months, uh, you know, that's on me, whatever. Um, I also was going to ask you, when Tatis, sorry, not Tatis, when when uh, Hedges mentioned that Paddock was the easiest game to catch ever, like how many games do you think Hedges, like do, when do you think Hedges started as a catcher? Like Little League, Junior High? Dude. High School? A lot. Like how many, how many different pitchers, let alone different games? Yeah. I mean, games is in the thousands, right? It's in the thousands. Oh, it's got to be, period. yeah, thousands, yes. Maybe but hundreds pitchers, of pitchers? How many pitchers? Like, hundreds? I, and, and for him to say that, that Chris Paddock, yeah. I mean, this is a big deal. And, I mean, he's a professional, too. Like, he's a professional, so he's played with professional pitchers. Yeah. So that's a huge deal. Yeah. If we had done more research, I would have gone and been like, who are all the names that, that Hedges has caught in his career? And then been like, Paddock is better than you. Paddock is better than you. Yeah. And just gone through the whole list. Because, I mean, it's, it's really very impressive. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. Shifting gears, not away from the Padres, hopefully, but we thought when Machado signed 
that, I mean, within 24 hours, Bryce Harper was for sure going to sign. Yeah. And it is a week later. He still hasn't signed. Nothing. Nothing. So the the Dodgers name has resurfaced recently. And also smaller length of contracts has surfaced as well. Yes. Yes, people who are like, okay, listen, we're not willing to pay him $400 million over the next 15 years, but we are willing to pay him $200 million over the next six years or five yeah. years or whatever, you know, and, which, and getting that. Because and, Nolan Arenado got an extension today, yeah. which puts him at like, so uh, $33.5 million a year or something like which, that. Which makes the Manny Machado signing... All that much better. It makes it that much better because Machado would have got more than that annual. He would have there, been there was, 35 a year yeah, or whatever. But there was talk like before, uh, you know, this off before Machado signed was, well, there's always uh, Arenado next next offseason. Like we could go for right, him. Before He's the extension. gone now. Yep. And you, you got to think that other clubs who have potential free agents coming up are going to start trying to do that same yeah thing. there's a lot of extensions going around right uh-huh. now for for young guys um you know the yankees locked up a few young guys yeah. like it's just go- it's popping up all over um i got my son a he's seven i got him a 2019 tops series one pack of baseball cards 16 cards pull the kirby yates what's up friend nice. of the pod friend of the pod did you and, tell him that uh I did. Yeah. I actually pulled up a picture of me, you, and him, yeah. and I showed it to Beckett, and I was like, "Look, look, he's look, Daddy's looking up at the the sky for him." <laughs> well, cause, uh, whatever <laughs> his name is, Winginner, 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 was with him. Uh, but I showed him, and so he goes, "Daddy, does that mean he's famous?" And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know whether to be like, uh, "He's a professional baseball player." Yes, he's famous, or like, "He's on the Padres." Of course, he's not famous. <laughs> Just kidding. It doesn't count anymore now that we got Machado. So, anyway, got him a thing of baseball cards. On the front of the pack of baseball cards, it's a picture of Aaron Judge next to Babe Ruth. Like a Photoshopped image of like the new school, old school, whatever. And I go, Aaron Judge is really good. He hits balls really far. And my son Beckett goes, but nobody's as good as Babe Ruth, Dad. And I'm like, oh, I just showed you the Sandlot a little while ago. I love you. That's adorable. Anyway, I don't even know how I got Oh, you said Yankees locking up young players. Yeah. Also got a D.D. Gregorius card in that pack, by the way. Oh, fun. Yeah, nice fun. pull. <laughs> Kirby was the only uh, Padre. So circling back around, Thank Bryce you. Harper yes. hasn't signed yet. Okay, so I heard rumors. Now, I want to make it so clear. This is a rumor. It has not been confirmed. I don't know if it's true. It's just it's worth just mentioning because, you know what, we're not real journalists, and it's okay to mention these things. I had heard that before... The Padres offered Machado the 10-300. They had actually offered Bryce 10-330. Did not get the deal done. Locked up Machado. And then it was... So, AC will swear up and down his life that everybody in the Padres' ownership, front office, whatever that he has contact with, Unequivocally, after they signed, right after they signed Bryce, Hart, or sorry, after they signed Manny, Manny Machado, he said unequivocally, he was like laughed out of the room, like, "No, we are not in the running for Bryce Harper. Are you insane? Like, can't you just be happy with the fact that we just dropped three hundred mil?" And so, absolutely not. And he went on Twitter, you know, any rumor that was posted, any rumor, and and I think what's going on here, and I think this is a proven strategy that you know. 
many national baseball writers or local baseball writers have fallen victim to, and that is Padres were off the table. That I do actually kind of believe right when, right after Machado signed, I don't think that they were in on Harper. And I think that Scott Boris, hot talent lava phrase coiner, who was representing Bryce, I believe, knowing the Phillies and the Giants were still pretty heavily involved, and probably the Nationals, in Bryce, I think what Boris started doing is reaching out to national sports writers and saying, Padres are still in this. Padres have got offers on the table to Bryce. So that those national sports writers would report that, and then that would, of course, get back to the Phillies, the Giants, the Nationals, and that would force them, realizing the Padres do not F around, because they got Manny freaking Machado, and they're obviously willing to spend the big bucks, use the Padres' bargaining chip to boost the offers from the Phillies, the Nationals, the Giants. That's what I feel. And then when every day that passes that Harper doesn't sign, because it was supposed to be that, okay, which you know they're holding out. Who's going to go first? Because whoever goes second is going to be able to get more because they're going to use the first guy's bargaining chip. Did you agree with that? You're, yeah, I agree. Okay. You're nodding your yeah. head, but people can't hear your yeah. head rattle on the I, podcast. I was actually about to move away from the mic to burp. <laughs> and then I, you called me back in. I paused you mid-burp. Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah. And so that's the way that I sort of feel like this thing played out so that every time a national sports writer would be like, nope, Padres are still in it. And then AC would be like, no, they're not. See, here's the thing with AC, though, is he was very adamant that – they were not in on Machado and Harper this entire offseason up until, you know, a week or two before Machado actually signed. And he kept on, like, saying, like, he was just driving it home. He was, which I, I think I, I, I tweeted out to him, uh, or I didn't know if I tweeted him or whatever, but uh, I did the South Park gif where Stan Marsh finally gets to poop after a long time, and it's like this like big <laughs> one, and he goes up to the ceiling. Oh uh, I said, "This is AC, you know, crapping all over Padres Twitter right now, which, like shooting down their dreams." Um, and then they signed Machado, right? Ended up signing Machado. So then he immediately, right away, talks about no, no chance that they're they're going to get Harper. There's so, no offer on the okay, table. I like to point one thing out. Like I don't remember the absolute being spoken regarding Machado. I don't I don't remember that, so it could be I mean if you're I believe you of course, so I'm sure that happened, but I don't remember that. So I had this is six days ago now, so a day what was that, a day, maybe two days after the Machado signing. Yeah. Yeah, it was or the, at least the day after day after the signing. It might have actually been the, the day before it was official. I don't even know. Actually you know what? It was the morning before I got destroyed. So <laughs> <laughs> it was the morning before my it was it was beat up. Um so this guy, Lance Zerline or something from, I don't know, I don't even know where he's a sports writer. Bryce Harper to the Padres? This is insane. And then Andrew Perloff from the Dan Patrick Show said, wait, what are you hearing? He said, I'm hearing they have another offer out, this time to Harper. And I wrote, bring me the insane. And AC wrote back to me, said, stop giving this credence, lobber. And I said, I've got a lot of thought on this, ace man. Sure, the likelihood is minuscule. I know you were told that the Padres were out. But what if Preller wants everyone to think that he's going to zig when he's actually going to zag? You saw how mad Uncle Ron was when the Machado news story broke. He said, I just don't want to get you all worked up. The likelihood is non-existent, but have your fun. Shame on me. And I said, shame on you is right. Non-existent. I know. 
I said, Shaman, you was right. Let us have our fun. Let us get all worked up. I don't need you speaking in absolutes. You should never do that. It's a little joke. A little <laughs> joke. You get it? Long live the Harper to San Diego rumors. And, you know, that little exchange was like all fun and games because it was before I was getting worked, beat up. Um, but my point was the same is that, like, maybe they're feeding you misinformation. I believe that you believe they're telling you the truth and they told you that. But maybe they're feeding you the wrong things. And his argument was like, I don't think so. I think that, uh, uh, what's his name, Boris is probably feeding incorrect information because, listen, there is a chess match that is happening behind every major deal, especially free agent signings, and it's between ownership, journalists, and agents. And it is the craziest game of three-way chess whatever that you never know who's on your side or who's not on your side, who's giving you a scoop, who's... I mean, Jeff Passan, when he broke the, the news that Harper was... or Sorry, that Machado was coming, he didn't even believe it. He was like, this can't be real, right? And yeah. then we've since found out there was an article written by that girl in SI. I don't remember her name. Apologies. Again, no research. And that she went on to say, like, the Padres had not heard from Machado that he had accepted their offer when... Jeff Passan tweeted that out. So the Padres literally, that's why Uncle Ron was so pissed off in that little mini presser with all the people that where he just basically made a statement saying, we do not have a deal with any free agent. Because they didn't. It was just tweeted out by Passan, and they he tweeted it, and whoever leaked it, whether it was you know Machado's agent or whoever, whatever the behind the scenes, that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. There's this insane chess match going on that none yeah. of us know about or can really comprehend What's happening? Who's being, you know, and especially if you're, like, if you're AC, AC's job is the Padres beat writer. Like, he wants Bryce Harper to the Padres, you know? He wants Manny Machado to the Padres. And so he wants to believe that the rumors that are being fed out there are true. But reality from the Padres front office, at least what he perceives as reality, is being told, like, no, this is not a thing. So it's this weird thing that's happening. But I never would have guessed that. A week later, or a week plus, he still wouldn't have signed. I thought that Domino would have fallen right away. Yeah. And now, I mean, let me let me ask you this. Do you think the Nolan Arenado extension now has an impact on Bryce Harper's contract? Uh, maybe a little bit. I don't think it's going to play that big of a part in his contract. Uh, just mainly because different position. Um, he's an elite third baseman. Um I, I think Machado, just because he was the free agent, I think that played a little bit of a part. And this entire offseason, we heard all along that they both wanted something with a three in front of it. Right. So Luckily, we got Machado with only yeah. zeros after that three. So what do you think is going to happen with Bryce Harper? So I think he's going to go to the Dodgers. You watch your mother effing mouth. <laughs> I just, as soon as, I, I feel like Dodgers, like they smelled blood in the water. Yeah. Like as soon as it took a week. I mean, listen, we as fans, like, all right, let me rephrase. Now that I'm walking on eggshells, I'll speak for myself. I, as a fan, I'm an idiot, all right? I don't know what happens behind the scenes, okay? And and so it's hard for me to really get in the head of GMs and get in the head of, but logic sometimes just does prevail in common sense thinking now common sense says a week more than a week has passed since machado signed and harper still hasn't signed if i'm the dodgers and i'm just sitting on you know a ton of money if i'm the yankees if i'm the dodgers if i'm the cubs whatever 
I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, all reports are that the Giants, the Nats, the Phillies, the Padres may be in on this. Obviously, none of them have closed the deal, so they haven't brought to the table whatever Harper wants. Why don't we just go, just give it a sniff, you know? Give it a little sniffy sniff and see what Bryce is looking for. Because obviously those four teams, whatever they have, maybe they're going to be one of the eventual teams, but they don't have it yet. Yeah. So why don't we at least just, we thought we were out. And that was similar to the Padres and Machado, right? They just didn't think that they're, they didn't think they had a shot. And then it was like, hmm, maybe we do. And so that's what I think other teams are doing. And honestly, if the Padres got re-involved, I think that it was probably correct they were out in the beginning. But when he didn't sign right away, like I thought he would, they were probably like, wait, what's going on here? And then they're like, hey, let's. Let's let's knock on this door again and see who's home. See, the thing is, though, too, um, the day that Machado signed, uh, they had the press conference and everything. And then 1090 was able to have Seidler on. They had Ron Fowler on and they flat out like like Ben and Woods. They asked Ron Fowler, does this mean we're 100 percent out on Bryce Harper? And he wouldn't. He would not. Okay. Yeah. But why would you ever say but that? But this is Ron Fowler, man. Like. Well, let's give old past, Uncle Ron a little bit of credit that maybe he's holding his cards a little bit closer to. When has he ever done that, though? Well, these guys aren't his yet. And I. I mean, <laughs> listen. The second he says we're out, they yeah. can't sign him. Yeah. So to keep that window open, whether it's open or not is the smart business move. So you can teach an old dog new tricks is what you're saying. (laughs) Don't don't put words in my mouth. Uh, Everybody else has already done that. So you didn't ask me what I think is going to happen. Hey, Rick, um, (laughs) let me ask you this. You're about to go to spring training. Yeah. I want you to tell me what you're excited about, what you're going to do, and then I want you to tell me what you think is going to happen with Bryce Harper. So this is going to be my ninth spring training in the past 10 years did i catch a niner in there yeah a niner oh and wait something weird happened when you didn't go tore my acl oh, and then will right. ferrell that was i when i was supposed right. to be that's there right. he was doing his yeah. little tour of the yeah, so, cactus okay. league so will ferrell tore your acl go yeah. ahead so um but yeah I, I love spring training it's a great time always go out there just check out the backfield you get to see all these players all these minor league players young guys that you wouldn't normally be able to see in San Diego. Yeah, up um, close, personal. Up close, personal. You get to see batting practice, just them, just like, you know, scrimmages. Never know when Jeff Cirillo might show up. Never know when Jeff Cirillo, the man, is going to show up. But, um, no, it's, it's always a fantastic time. Um, games are cheap. It's super cheap. All the ballparks are really close. I try to go to every single ballpark, or I'm trying to get every single ballpark in the Cactus League. I think I need, like, three more maybe cool so um i'll try to do like one at peoria and when do you, when do you leave else. i leave on next thursday night okay so when you're there uh will bryce harper have already signed by the time you get there yes which whose team is he on he's going to sign with drum roll please the Padres. Oh, really? He's gonna sign with the Padres. Oh my god! No, here's I what I right. here's what I think's happening. God, I hope you're right. <laughs> Actually, I, I really think he's gonna sign with the Phillies. I'm sorry. Oh, you freaking liar! <laughs> you like you told me to like bite my mother effing tongue when uh, yeah. I said I thought he might sign yeah. with the Dodgers. Well, it's different. I saw Puig in it. 
in a Reds jersey. It's know, so it's, weird. That's very weird. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they do need to fill that Puig hole. Yeah, the Puig hole. <laughs> sounds, sounds weird. <laughs> sounds dirty. Um, but here's what I think happened. I think I don't think he wants to go to Philly. I, I do not think he wants to go to Philly. Uh, they probably have the best offer at the table at 10 years. Um, but he hasn't signed yet. And For I think what, that's, like 326? Yeah, I would say, yeah, probably around there. Um, 10 years, 326, 25, something like that. And I think the other teams from California are seeing that he hasn't signed yet. They're like, well. Okay. Interesting let's just, strategy. Let's just, let's, just keep, let's just keep one-upping. one-upping. So. You, you can't let him go to the Dodgers. You can't let him go to the Dodgers. I love how it's like the second we signed Machado and now yeah. we just think we're just we're just so green. Yeah, we're now just all like, well, well, we yeah. control the NL West now. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, we, whoa, whoa. Hey, the Padres won't. The Padres will only sign players. No, yeah. sorry, the Dodgers will only sign players that the Padres allow them to it's sign. It's ridiculous that Arenado <laughs> has signed with the Rockies and how, not the Padres. How did Preller allow that to happen? By the way, Bud, Buddy Black got an extension. What is it? Three year extension? Yeah. So you know what that is. It's an extension, Brady. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So that's good. You're going to have a great time. Yeah, I can't wait I'm to hear a report time. back. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully Bryce Harper is a Padre. Never know. Never know. Never know. I'm not in absolutes. You never know. Never okay. Know. So what do you uh, – this is going to be our last podcast for a while. Um, you got to what, – what, what do you have going on? <laughs> I know you know. You want me to get into this? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's hear it. Okay. So, you, I know. Remember, I I I think a lot of people uh, listening probably know and remember. I make pancakes uh, for. I make pancakes in shapes. All right. So this is at the end. This end of 2015. I. This is answering your question, by the way. So just give me a sec to get there. <laughs> The end of 2014, jeez, 2015, I started doing this campaign with Charity Water. Charity Water is an organization. Their main goal is simple. Every human being on the planet deserves to have clean water. Um, I did not realize that um, water was this massive crisis around the, the globe. Ten years ago, there were a billion people without access to clean water. And clean water, your options are, okay, just don't, if you, if there's dirty water around you, you can just not drink water, right? And die of dehydration. Or you can, you know, hike maybe three hours a day. Usually like young women in the family who don't go to school because they're busy hiking to collect water and they collect it out of a dirty, disgusting pond with bacteria and diseases. And you can collect that water and try to boil out the germs and bacteria, but never really get it all. And then just slowly die from the diseases and things that happen to you from this dirty water. So your, your options are death or death. And it's like it's terribly depressing to think about. And so anyway, I, I have the stupid human trick skill that I gained. It's a super long story as to how it happened. Basically, I couldn't make a circle. I found a ketchup bottle. I squirted a circle after I put some batter in it and then made a Mickey Mouse. Next thing I knew, I made an Elmo. Next thing I knew, I could start to do all these shapes was introduced to Charity Water, I realized that they had this incredible model. Not only were they trying to bring clean water all around the world, they had this, they call it the 100% model. They have a group of people that they now call the well, which covers 100% of their overhead. 
They realized that charities were not trusted by the general public. People thought they were shady. CEOs make a ton of money. They donate a dollar. Ten cents of it makes it to the field. And they wanted to trust a charity. So Charity Water built this model where they could find a group of people that would support the overhead 100%, salaries, uh, travel, marketing, uh, rent, everything that, you know, overhead. Uh, maybe, maybe everybody knows what that means. It's everything. Every operating cost. It's covered by a group of people who just believe in the charity and say, we're going to cover all your overhead. That way, if Joe Schmo, Zero Chance Pod, donates 20 bucks, 20 bucks is going to go directly to the field, even down to credit card reimbursements. Credit cards, what, 2.5%? They'll reimburse, so they'll actually pay more money on top of your $20 to make sure that full $20 goes to the field to build a water well or some other clean filter, some other resource to get clean water. To mostly sub-Saharan Africa, but all over the world. You know, India, uh, Latin America, there's a lot of places that deal. So 10 years ago, this was, like I said, a billion people. That number is now down to not just Charity Water, a lot of other charities, but that number's down to 648 million people that now have no access to clean water. But what a massive dent, right? That's 350-plus million people that now have clean water that didn't. Charity Water is responsible for over 8 million people of those. If you can raise $10,000, you can build a well that will then give clean water to a community, to a village that has never had it before. It will change their life. Their slogan is, water changes everything. So I was like, how can I figure out how to help this charity by these stupid pancakes that I make? And if you've been following me or you, you know, we've been buddies on Twitter for, gosh, I don't know, what, eight or nine years? I don't even know. Long time. So a few years ago, I started, I just burped into the mic, I'm sorry. I started, I uh, shouldn't have said that, it probably wasn't even audible. Yeah, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, sorry about it. Yeah. Um, started making pancakes. I thought if I could raise, my goal was to raise $1,000, I'd charge 20 bucks. A lot of people listening right now gave $20 to the campaign. And then next thing I knew, it started to grow. I, I was 30 pancakes behind. I needed to raise the price to $100. A lot of people listening right now gave $100. My goal was to raise $1,000 because I could just con my friends into having me make pancakes of different logos or uh, sports teams or favorite cartoons or, you know, actors. I think I had Tony Gwynn and No Doubt for Mrs. Bro. Yes, that's yeah. right. Did um, too. The, and, and, you know, the, ton- the No Doubt one was actually pretty – I felt pretty good about that yeah. pancake. The Tony Gwynn, it was like I felt a huge amount of stress and burden because I'm like, this is San Diego's hero, and I'm going to mess up his face. So what I did is I tried to find Gypsy Oak, Jeff Baker, who's an artist that, you know, a friend friend of the pod, and I got one of Gypsy Oak's, the best representation, kind of cartoonish I could find of Tony's face. And I, I think I did okay on Tony. It wasn't my best work by any stretch of the imagination. It was but, good. It was good. But it was a um, very solid request, and I appreciated it. So... Started making these pancakes. Next thing I knew, I was on Sports Center twice. Scott Van Pelt, uh, and then a Johnny Manziel pancake that I made made it on the Sports Center. It started to take off. I got all these articles, local news, all picked it up. Articles picked up. So it, you know, it started took off and, and gained some steam. And it was all in an effort to bring clean water to the world. Right? I just, I just felt like it was a, a way that nobody can get mad at clean water. Like. Clean water, it's just such a noble cause because every, we, we all have a tap. We can just go to a tap and turn it on, and, and we can get whatever we want or need. And that's just not the case around the world. Unless you're in Detroit. Which, Unless you're in Detroit, which, which is, is a 
terrible tragedy terrible. as well. Yes, and 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 so this it, it is a global crisis, and it's and you know America is not excluded from this. Um, but you know the main focus of Charity Water, knowing that they, they I mean they would they would send you GPS coordinates of where your twenty dollars went, so that you could see the well and in the community of people that were now. Like their lives have been changed by being able to drink clean water and not die from you know either dehydration or diseases. It's it's just it's absolutely remarkable and it's a solvable problem. You know, if everybody rallied around this cause, the wells can be dug. the The water is there. Access to it is not. Ten thousand dollars builds a well, and by the end of the four months, I mean by just the incredible blessing of everybody who donated like i said many of people who are probably listening now who have followed along you know on instagram i was the pancake dad and i had a twitter handle but i i just it was too much effort to switch back and forth so i just did everything for my lob shots account and people watched this unfold and they're like why is the sports blogger guy making pancakes for charity water i don't understand what's happening which was a fair assessment and anyway Super long answer to a very simple question. Um, so where are you going, Brady? <laughs> fast forward to 2019. Um, I have been asked by Charity Water to come to Ethiopia uh, to go uh, to go and see all the wells that the pancakes made. That's awesome. And, That's super cool. Uh, and I leave in literally two days. <laughs> so I'm leaving my family behind. It's not a cheap trip. Um, this is a charity, so it's not like they have a bunch of money to spend people to go. Um, but to me, it was worth it. It was important. Um, just feel insanely blessed to, you know, to be a part of it. And so anyway, leaving two days and going to go see, you know, just the work that is happening in Ethiopia. And I get to see the wells, like people, like if you're listening and you donated like any amount of money, whether it was 20 or a hundred or anywhere in between uh, or over a lot of people, I mean, I had people give literally $4,000 at the end of it. The campaign raised $53,000. That's that's five wells. That is so cool. And I just like, I just felt so, I don't know, man. There are no words. I just felt, Just super honored and blessed. No, like seriously, that was that was a really cool thing. And you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into that. And like I I, I honestly like I don't know how you did it, how you made all those pancakes. Cause I would see like a bunch of new ones every single day. I'm like, this is crazy. They're all it's great and it's just fantastic that you did that for charity. That's very kind of you. Thank you. So I the and and, and it wasn't without um, a little bit of pushback. My wife, who is <laughs> like the most amazing human yeah. alive, babe, I'm getting another box of uh, pancake <laughs> she, mix. She'd be like, are you kidding me? She'd be like, the kids are outside. They want their dad to play with them, and I'm like, I gotta make these pancakes, <laughs> saving lives in Africa. I gotta and make the no doubt. She's pancake. like, she's like, raise your children. Um, so she was incredibly supportive. Yeah. Um, we were able to go a couple years ago to a gala in New York City, uh, Charity Water Gala, which we <clears throat> watched live a well being drawn in a community. It was a live feed in the Tigray uh, region of Ethiopia, which is where I'm going. 
and it was alive as they struck water and the, the community the village is dancing people are weeping not only there but the people in new york city at yeah. the met where the event was held are are sobbing watching this unfold and um and it was just it was just an absolutely incredible experience um i don't know if i've ever told this this story but i you know people from charity water came up to me like you need to stop introducing yourself as brady phelps you have to introduce yourself as a pancake dad and i'm like i'm not doing that like that's crazy no one goes to be like oh i'm brady phelps pancake dad it, it was like the big yeah yeah uh-huh. it was like brady phelps lob shots yeah and it was this peter gammons moment and um so if you like went up to like gordon ramsay or something like that like a famous chef yes you'd be like, like brady, brady phelps, phelps pancake, pancake dad. dad yeah and he'd be like i, I hate you so they encouraged me to do that. I was like, guys, I can't do this. This is crazy. And and I was um, after there was an after party, and Matt Hasselbeck was there. Matt Hasselbeck had just he was back up for Andrew Luck. He had just led the Colts to a playoff run, and he was there. He was a huge supporter of Charity Water, still is, and he was there. And as I'm leaving with my wife Brooke, um, I see Hassel. I hadn't seen him all night. And I see him. I go. I I have to go say hi to Matt Hasselbeck. And I walk up and I go. Excuse me, Matt. I just want to introduce myself. My name is, and he stops me, and he goes, "What's up, Pancake Dad? I know who you are." And I about fell over. I'm like, Matt Hassel. How in the world does Matt Hassel like know who I am? Like, it just was this, like, out of body experience that because of these stupid pancakes, that uh, you know, that one, someone like him knew who I was, but two, that you know, that it would make this impact globally, and. So I just felt insanely blessed, insanely lucky, and really, um, you know, I, I I leave in two days to it's I leave on a red eye on the twenty eighth, and I uh, I don't land until the morning of the second, so I lose a day, yeah, uh, traveling, and then I'm there until the ninth, uh, land on the tenth, and I'm just gonna go see what's going on uh, in Africa and see how. Um, I can do my part to, you know, try to make an impact out there. So just feel crazy lucky, crazy blessed. Um, you can probably tell I have a little bit of trouble speaking about it, <laughs> which is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird to like get still get like emotional over it. But so, like when you when you get there and I think once you see those kids faces too that like of that village that you brought the well to bro i'm gonna be a mess i would be too i mean i i as you know <laughs> yeah i'm a crier you're a crier i know so i'm gonna be a mess yeah but like this this trip but it's understandable like i would be too i'd be a complete mess like like you you change these people's lives raising this money and you know, I mean, you can call it semantics, whatever, but, like, I, I like to say that, I mean, because, you know, I, when the pancakes were 20 bucks a pop before I raised the price, I donated 20 because I didn't feel like I could ask anybody else to do what I hadn't done. And then when they raised to 100 I donated 100 or whatever. So I think I, I donated $120 to my own campaign, which ended up raising, you know, $53,440. So when you say, like, you raise, you know, you, this money, you know, these, your, your wells, it's like, I... I like to think that I'm just a small piece of it, like, because really it was the people who donated, like, it was their hard-earned money that went toward this, and so 
I'm just a part of it. I feel blessed to be a part of it. Um, so lucky to be able to go on this trip, just to have the opportunity to go and to experience another culture, another world, and to try to be, you know, a positive influence. Yeah. So. Well, and then it's, <laughs> so it's funny, like now I kind of feel like an a-hole here now because our schedules aren't going to line up for a few weeks because when you get back, I'm basically going to be in Austin and I'm just going to be. You're going to South by Southwest, aren't you? South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. Uh, that's gonna be great. Um, no, I'm. I'm. Listen, you, you, I know you say that jokingly, and I hope you mean that jokingly because that's awesome. You get to go do that. Um, I've never been to Austin. I hear it's like a slice of California in the middle of Texas. I've heard nothing but amazing things about the city. I'm jealous you get to go. Heidi's going with you, I presume. Yes. And you guys are gonna have a blast, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, it'll be it'll um, be fun. I wanted so badly to bring my whole family to Africa, but. It would have been an astronomical sum of money to get us all there, so I wasn't able to do it. So they're going to be uh, my wife, Brooke, who is just an absolute saint, is going to be at home with the kids and little Maggie May, little Maggie my little, May. little amazing little lab. Don't you dare call her a whore. <laughs> and um, but yeah, dude, I'm I'm so lucky, and I, quite frankly, you know, I'm a little I'm like I got a lot to do to pack up and go. It's like, yeah. and, well, let's get going, man. Um, thank you guys. Here. Hey, let's cheers. do a cheers. Cheers to the Zero Chance Pod and to Charity Water and Changing Lives, man. This is, it's a cool thing. And I, I will tell you this. Um, I know that you donated to multiple pancakes and I like, it's so cool. And I love like the full circle aspect of all this. I mean, who would have thought that years later, I'm now going to go check out these wells. It's just, it's, it's like an amazing closed loop. Um, but it means a lot. Like so many. I mean, shoot. There might have been people who were making fun of me on Twitter this week and and calling me an idiot, and because they thought I called them an idiot, that might have donated to the campaign. And I think that's like a great example of like, hey, be kind. Burn. Don't burn bridges. Like what goes around comes around. And and what like, just try to be kind and try to extend. Um you know, some empathy and some forgiveness uh, when it's due. You know, like I certainly try to own up to when I make mistakes, whether they're on social media or in life um, or anywhere in between. And uh, but I'm I just feel incredibly blessed and honored to be a part of something so great. It's like just it's bigger than me. It's bigger than any of us. You know, like the the water crisis globally is um, it's real. Um, it's the, the statistics. It's like something in like, like every 19 seconds, a child dies from a water-related disease or something insane like that. I'm not, <laughs> not a numbers guy. I don't know the exact one, but it's something crazy like that. And, and to come and be a part of like changing for the good of that, I just like there are no words to describe how lucky I feel to be a part of it. Um, and anyway, anyone who was a part of that journey, thank you so much. Shoot, if you want to be involved in charity water please reach out to us if you're listening um whether it's at lob shots at rj's throw at zero chance pod um if you're interested in being a part of something bigger than you um and, and making an impact on this world by all means reach out and i can i can get you hooked up to be able to to give and maybe in a couple years you're on a trip to africa to go check out some wells that you helped build so um super lucky um, cl to close out, 
I love you guys who are listening, and I don't care why you're listening. I love you, and I'm just except for Gavin. You know, <laughs> super mean. I do want to point out that Gavin is one of my favorite people on planet Earth, and he's a real uh. ale. Um, nah, and but anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for coming along this journey with us. You know, we're we're not perfect. We're gonna say dumb things, and uh, and it's probably gonna bite us in the butt every once in a while, but. Um, hopefully we usually are trying to be good and say the right things and, uh, because that's who we are and not cause that's who we're attempting to be. Go Padres. Go Padres. Sign, have fun in spring training, bro. Sign Bryce Harper. And gosh, have fun in Austin. South by Southwest. i eat a lot of, uh, uh, breakfast tacos. Let's, uh, be maybe, Tabitha Lipkin. Maybe we can get some good stuff on the old Zero Chance Pod uh, social media feed. Maybe you can provide some content. I can. I can do that. Maybe I'll uh, send out a tweet from Africa. Who knows? <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right. I would love to see that. Maybe there's some baseball players out there. Yeah. You never know. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Have a great couple of weeks. We'll be back soon.